Welcome everyone to the Yoga Leverty podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled and excited to be joined today by Abby Turner at Yoga Traveler Online. She's going to be telling us the story of her becoming a yoga teacher. This year I'm dedicating my podcast to yoga teacher origin stories so that you can be inspired to become a yoga teacher, take yoga teacher training, focus on your practice, whatever it is that your individual goals are, and hear the stories of so many different people and how they came to yoga. I'm super excited about Abby because she has been one of my yoga students when I worked, uh, when I owned a yoga studio. And then also she took my 300 hour yoga teacher training. So I'm absolutely blessed to have her here. She is also a member of my private mastermind, which is really exciting. Um, so I'm super blessed for her to join us. And I know that you're going to love her story. It crosses continents and oceans. Welcome to the podcast, Abby. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm happy to be with you all. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what your life was like before you became a yoga teacher. Yes. Um, So I've always been a physically active person, Um, huge part of my life. I started with ballet from when I was teeny tiny and always taught ballet. And then um, I started having kids and your body changes. And so I was making sure that I was always being physically active to keep, to be able to keep up with my kids, but I hated it. I hated what I was doing. I was doing a bunch of really hard cardio and I just, it just felt like work. And I, I thought, well, I'm going to have to do this and just suffer through it. And I hated it. And um, then I had my third child and I always suffer from postpartum depression. And with my third child, it was, it was worse. It was the worst it's been. And I didn't really realize how bad it was um, at the time. Obviously my husband did (laughs) because he was trying to help me through it and living with me. And I was probably a monster. Um, But but you, anyway, I thought when I had my third kid that my life was over basically, because now I was outnumbered. There were two adults and three children. And I just stopped everything that I was doing because I needed to devote all my time to my kids. Um, this is totally faulty thinking. Obviously my hormones were a mess. Um, and one day my husband just said, you need to go exercise. I don't care what it is you need to find something to do. Cause I had totally stopped doing everything. I stopped getting up and going to those cardio classes that I hated <laughs> and I stopped. I wasn't teaching dance. I wasn't doing anything except for trying to nurse my kid and sleep a little bit. Um, and, uh, so I was like, well, how can I go to a class? I have no time for this. I can't give any time to anyone else. That's not my three children. (laughs) And and, um, there was a yoga class. It was at night. It was um, like at 8.30 at night. So kind of late in some ways. Um, But my husband was always home at that time from work. And I was able to nurse my baby. And I had no excuses, really. Like all the excuses went away. The other kids were in bed and what was I going to do, I guess, except for go to sleep myself, <laughs> but I never go to sleep at eight 30. <laughs> so, um, I, I went to the very first yoga class and I was bound and determined to hate it. Like I went in thinking that this was going to fail. 
I didn't bring a yoga mat and I didn't borrow one either. We, it was in a, it was on a martial arts floor. So I put my hands and feet on this floor that like people would step on, you know, and like kick box and stuff. And I just, I can't believe I didn't have like a disease from that. Um, <laughs> but I was not going to buy anything for yoga. I mean, I had this idea that yoga was, um, well, I thought it was for old people, which is funny because a lot of times the older population won't do yoga because they think it's for young people. But I thought it was for old people. I thought it was sitting on the floor and stretching, which I had no interest in because I had come from a dance background and a cardio background. To me, being physical was constantly moving all the time. And, um, and so one good thing about this class was it was a vinyasa flow style. I think if I'd started with a yin yoga style, which I love now, but I, I think I would have stopped. So it was a good thing <laughs> that this class was moving. Uh, it was the balance between the flow of the movement and the holds. And um, I learned quickly, first of all, that I needed a mat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and second of all, that it was not easy. I, um, it convinced me immediately that I had not been breathing for probably my whole life. <laughs> not right anyway, right? not really, yeah. which is funny because I was a ballet dancer forever and ballet is slow and controlled movement. And that's another reason why it's so funny that I thought I was going to hate yoga because ballet and yoga have a lot of similarities. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with me. I was a mess. Um, but so anyway, I went to this class and it was hard. I couldn't do a chaturanga without putting my knees down. I thought my arms are going to break. I, um, <laughs> I didn't know how to breathe. She kept talking about breathing. And I was like, I am, I am, I am breathing. <laughs> and, but when we got into Shavasana, I was like, I have been missing this my entire life. And it was immediate. I was like, I will never go to another cardio class again. And I almost haven't. Wow. I wow. I like to do dance stuff like Zumba because it's fun and the music is fun and I like the dancing stuff but I will never go to a kickboxing class ever again I will never <laughs> it's just oh. it's not me and I, I like feel cycle. like I do like cycle classes oh yeah. yeah yeah that's fun I haven't tried cycle I probably should try it I actually I own a cycle at my house I like yeah. it was like the first thing I bought when we moved into a house I was like I need to have my own cycle <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's good. I, I do think it's important to find a way to be physical that you enjoy um, because otherwise it will feel like work. And sometimes it is work. I mean, not that yoga is easy. I'm not trying to say that. But when I do a yoga class that's an hour versus the way I feel when I do a cardio class that's an hour, for me, if the hour fl flies by in yoga and it doesn't in cardio classes, <laughs> it feels like torture. But, um, but anyway, so I, I, I had a great experience in that class, that very first class and went home and told my husband, this is it. This is, this is what I need to do. I need, I need to do yoga. And I almost immediately then thought I need to teach yoga because I've always been a teacher of physical, you know, I started out teaching dance when I was 16 years old. So it wasn't a hard switch for me to think. 
okay, I need to teach this. I got to teach other women at the time I thought of it as with me, but I teach a ton of men too, but I need to teach women who are dealing with hormonal changes in their body and who are feeling like they have no time for themselves. And I need to teach them how to move in an appropriate way and release some of that stress and anxiety. Yeah, because postpartum can be really serious. I have a friend Mm -hmm. who um, she also struggles with postpartum, like really poorly and her and her husband were not prepared after their first child for just how bad it got for her. And I mean, like, you know, like not wanting to be on this planet anymore, levels of depression. And um, it's all like these hormones that I, I never had any children. So I can't know what that's like. But um, I know that for some women, it's just really, really difficult. And I know the second time around, she did practice yoga a lot more. um, And that helped her. But the first time she was doing meditation, and mm-hmm. um that wasn't enough yeah see and I didn't do any of that my first two kids I just cried all the time and and I would I would either cry or I'd be angry all the time and I'm not typically an angry person I do cry a lot <laughs> I have I have easy waterworks but I'm not typically an angry person so it it is interesting to look back on that period of my life because I feel like it's two different people like this other Abby that I don't recognize because I'm not normally like that. And so um, it, it is an issue and it's definitely not something to be ignored and whatever you can do to help, help with that um, is good. I think the breathing alone, I mean, being able to breathing is huge. Slow yeah. everything down and take a moment. I mean, even if you feel, I mean, we've all had that feeling where we get kind of panicky and, and, uh, just to be, know how to stop and say, okay, I can sit here for five minutes and breathe. And then my outlook is going to be different. The problems haven't gone away, but the that's, is that's really, that. I think that's very um, important to note that it's, it's the outlook at the way we look at things is differently after we do a yoga practice. And I've noticed that that's the same for me after I do a long meditation, and I'm talking about like an hour long meditation, 45 minutes at least that I can like reorganize my brain and kind of change yeah. the way it fires in order to see things. And life is all perspective. It really is, you know, but yeah. I will, I will say that when I was, um, when I first started going through menopause, I would have these times where I just was irrational. And that's the only thing I can really like, um, like in my own life kind of compare it to is like the menopause yeah. feeling where hormones were, my hormones were just like, I, I don't even know how Paul handled me. Cause sometimes I just wasn't making any sense. And then, you know, uh, last year I went through a lot. My dog died. My grandpa committed suicide. Um, my, I found out my uncle has colon cancer stage four. Um, it's, it was like just a really, really tough year. And I was very much in the throes of, we moved on to a boat that year and, I guess it's been two years now, but we moved on to a boat and it was not my expectation. I didn't think that I thought, well, first of all, you got to be really rich to live on a boat and uh, <laughs> and be comfortable. I didn't realize it was that expensive. But, uh, wow. <laughs> we were in Texas in the heat. You've been in Texas. It's hot. It, and yeah. It's moist, hot, and it's uncomfortable. And if you don't have an air conditioned house, it's extra uncomfortable. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, I understand that, like, you know, and having those hormones at the same time, like just crazy and not mm -hmm. really uh, having any control of them. And also like, for me, I, I had to like really hone in on my diet. And once I did that, once I started exercising every day, even if it was just a walk and meditating and eating in a much cleaner way, for me, the hormones, I was able to handle them a lot better. But I don't know if that's the same with postpartum or not. Mm -hmm. it, um, mine felt uh, mostly emotional and probably lack of sleep, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah. But, but I'm sure diet has something to do with it. And just I just feel like I'm just a physical person and I was denying myself all that. Mm. And so I needed to be able to move. Um, the other thing that was interesting that was going on with us at the, that same time um, was my husband's, my husband's job. So he's a social worker and his job that he was working for like a residential treatment facility and they were failing, they were going under and he was, mm -hmm. he was going to go down. <laughs> he was going to go down with the ship. <laughs> so <laughs> we were watching that happen um, while I was depressed and not knowing how to live and three kids and no money and no job. And then um, he was applying for the, for the U S air force. And we were kind of getting nothing out of that, but he felt like it would be a good change. I was on board. Um, uh, I don't know. So that was all going on. And, and then I decided to do a teacher yoga teacher training and way more money than we had at the time and um, would have to, it, it was like a $2,000 program, but then it ended up being around 4,000 because I had to get childcare. And oh. so that was like an, added, an added thing. And my husband was just saying, he's like, he's usually the realistic person. I'm the one that's like, oh, we'll work it out later. You know, <laughs> he's the one. So when he says yes to something, I'm like, oh, really? Because he, he was like, yes, go get the training done because we were hoping that we would get in the Air Force and we would be moving all over the world, potentially, which we have done, um, and that I could teach wherever. It would be a job that I could do in any place. And so we invested all this time and all this money into that teacher training. And it was, um, it was hundred percent the right decision. Um, he did get into the air force and he was gone. Um, he was gone for about six weeks before we moved. We were in Utah at the time. And while he was gone, I taught yoga in my living room. We just moved the chairs aside and, um, I taught to my neighbors, but I was making some income. You know, it was because when he was first in, when he first got in the military, we weren't getting paid. We didn't get paid for probably about three months. Wow. And so the only thing we were living on was what I was making from wow. post-teacher training. So I was able to teach in my house, which was great because I have little kids. And then I had a sitter that would come in the night and I would go teach at a local gym at night. And yeah, they needed teachers. I had no problem getting a, a teacher job directly after my training, like no problem at all. 
And so um, I've noticed that, that to be true for people who are assertive about getting a job, who like go out and they seek it. They don't like just apply online. They like actually go to places and yeah. say like, you know, I am certified to teach yoga. I would like to teach. Do you need any teachers? Like uh, time and time again, interviewing people, as many people as I've interviewed now, it is, it's always the same story that these people were very assertive about getting jobs as a yoga teacher or creating their own thing um, and getting people to come to them that rather than sitting back and waiting for it to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that for sure. And I, um, yeah, I did. I see, I went out and tried to find it. I created my own space at my home and advertised. Mm -hmm. And then I went out to seek the jobs. And who did you, who did you train with and uh, where did you oh, train? I trained um, in Utah in Provo. There's a place called 3B Yoga Studio and they are Ashtanga style, nice. which also worked really well for me because it's very physical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very tough. <laughs> in Utah, I taught only Ashtanga because I think it was because that was the only thing I knew you know, you're new, you're a new teacher and you teach what you know. Right. And, and that's fine. But, um, but when we moved to Las Vegas, I, which is where I met Angelica, um, I taught at a, at another gym. I ended up having to teach at a lot of gyms, which I kind of hate. It's like a love hate relationship. I, I did love it. The gym. I love the gym. It's hard <laughs> because there's such a variety of people. That's what I liked about it. Oh, but because but that, I, for me that was the hardest part. But I loved my clients. Like you, just like it yeah. really cool people coming. The thing I don't like about the gym is that I wouldn't have always control over the room. Like sometimes I'd have to yeah. share it with the exercise bikes, which I hate. Yeah. And I yeah. couldn't always adjust. That the happens key. all the time. And you'd hear the kickboxing music down the yeah. hall. Yeah, the that... basketball court was right next yeah. to the, the <laughs> yoga yoga space and wigwam and it was like all the whole time just like yeah. basketball basketball <laughs> basketball that is annoying yeah yeah you so that's what it. I don't like about it but I do I did like how every time someone would walk in the door they would the class was just called yoga it wasn't beginner <laughs> yoga it wasn't advanced yoga it wasn't you know, there was no pre precursor or whatever. And you can't get them to call it anything. You'd be like, could you call no. it vinyasa or could you call it yin? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's corporate policy. It's yoga. You're yoga. Like, okay. You know that yoga is like, <laughs> but you know, but you can okay. have, you can have less males body pump and Zumba, you yeah. know, yeah. Zumba one, Zumba two, Zumba three, but you can't yeah. call it, you know, you like restorative yoga. yoga. I know. That I would feel be like the world, they don't know what to do with us. Like they don't know yeah. how to. So anyway, but the, I liked that anyone who walked in the door, I had to make the class appropriate for them. So I, I really learned how to teach modifications, which, um, which I don't know that I came out of training with as much just because we were just really learning the very strict yeah, I was really yeah. glad for that very strict Ashtanga foundation, really good alignments, really good body focus. Um, but then I learned in Las Vegas how to modify to every body who walked in the room. And I think that was very valuable because now I'm teaching mostly seniors 
who need to, well, not mostly, but about half of my clients are seniors who need, need modifications for everything, but they're still doing yoga. It doesn't yeah. matter that we have to modify. They're still doing yoga and they're still- Yeah, you the modify pose. the pose for the person, not the person for the pose. Absolutely, absolutely. And I believe, I've had some yoga teachers disagree with me on this, but I believe you make everybody feel comfortable in yoga. Agreed. It's not about what I want to teach. It's about what they need. Agreed. And, yeah. and if they don't feel comfortable, they're not going to come back. And they lost <laughs> all the benefits of yoga. So, yeah. and that would be my fault. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've noticed that teaching yoga on social media that like I've been tapping into a whole audience of people that I never would have thought of even like, you know, most of the people that are following me on Instagram are 45 to 65 year old women. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think that's incredible. I've always taught 20 year olds my whole life. So it's like really yeah. incredible to be teaching people that are in my own age bracket. And maybe that's because of my, my age, but maybe it's just because like the style I'm, I'm not teaching Ashtanga anymore. You know, I used to do that. I used to teach power yoga, but I'm not even interested in that stuff in the way that I used to be. You know, I don't yeah. need to be beaten to submission to yeah. like for my brain to turn off. Whereas when I was younger, I really did need that. Yeah. And I think so too. I think there's just this, um, this very underserved population of people and because they're not the stereotypical Ashtanga yoga body type or age or, um, I mean, and we live in the West, we're not from the East where they grew up doing yoga their entire life and they can bend like pretzels. We sit on comfy couches and, mm -hmm. and, uh, we don't open our hips and <laughs> we, yeah. have to, we have to teach people how to ease pain in their body and get more mobility. And, um, I think if you ignore that whole piece of it, you're, you're missing something. Do you, have you been to India? No, I've not. I'll tell you, there's nothing comfortable there. There's no comfortable spot in all of India. I was not able to locate one. Uh, I traveled all over India and there was a lot of smog. I remember being in um, Varanasi. It used to be called Benares. Varanasi is a holy city where people go to break the cycle of reincarnation. But I remember being there and um, our, we stayed in like guest houses, you know, cause I always like to like get to know the locals. Maybe that's part of why I never found anything really comfortable. Cause I didn't stay in any fancy hotels. And, um, <laughs> our guest house, the guy was like, what a beautiful day it is today. Look at how sunny it is. And it was so smoggy. You couldn't even see the sun. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, these people, They've never seen a blue sky before. It's a whole different world over there in India. It's very uncomfortable. It'll push you to your like levels of uncomfortable. But I think in a way, like I'm almost ready to go back and do it again. But this time I'm going to take some tours. I'm going <laughs> to get like someone to do tours for me, get a tour bus, go to the Taj Mahal, do some regular just touristy stuff. Touristy I, didn't stuff. <laughs> I did not do that. I was like in India, like I have roaches crawling on your food and oh. 
Mm. Mm, it was so bad. I remember I had the deli belly so bad and I was in Goa and I saw this really young, beautiful blonde girl eating a salad. And I hadn't had a salad in two weeks. And <laughs> I just eat like really cooked food, you know? Mm -hmm. And this girl's eating this salad and I was like, yeah. Yeah, if she's eating that salad, I know that she doesn't do what I've been doing with my deli belly. So I'm going to eat that salad. And sure enough, it was okay. I ate the salad. So the wisdom of the blonde girl was correct. It was a safe <laughs> salad. Um, and I ate at that restaurant like every day for a week. because You're like, it's, it's safe, safe there. <laughs> I can, I'm not even going to tell you the stories because it's, you just have to go and experience yourself, Mother India. Yeah, it's a whole I different. There's a lot of people there. It's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you all have moved around a lot, and you um, have taken your yoga business with you. Tell us a little bit how you've done that, because I know a lot of people would like to have that freedom, and also share with us, you know, some of the ups and downs of of doing that, and the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, so we've lived in, um, since joining the military, we've lived in Las Vegas, nor rural Japan, um, Oklahoma, and now we're in North Dakota. So I've been, besides Las Vegas, I've been in really rural areas. So one good thing about that is I arrive and there's usually not a lot of yoga. The bad thing <laughs> about that, the bad thing about that is sometimes people don't know what it is or they, they don't want to experience something new because they're just used to what they have and they're happy with what they have. So every time I arrive, there's usually a job, which is good, but it's like I have to kind of start over every three years. <laughs> and it's a little bit exhausting because by the time I leave, my classes would always be totally full and everyone would be I know so you were doing so good in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... It was, but Oklahoma was a funny place because um, it's very um, Bible Belt Christian, and there are lots of people in Oklahoma who think that yoga is is a religion, and you should not be doing it. So that, yeah, that was something I've that I got teachers, asked a lot. I've had teachers quit teaching for me because they found God, and I'm like, oh, but you're such a good teacher. Can't you mesh them together? Yes, and yes, I you can. can. Because your, I, your family is religious, right? Yeah, yeah. let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah, we're, we're Christian. We're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we believe in Jesus. We believe in God. We believe in one higher power, um, whereas uh, if you get into some of the aspects of Hinduism or Buddhism, there's multiple gods. Right. Um, so I, I don't conform to that in my daily life. However, I also believe that our bodies are a gift from God. And in order to really commune with God, you have to have a healthy body, healthy spirit, healthy soul. And so yoga does all of that for me. That's all I need to know. Really. I don't, um, I, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. I've been doing yoga. Well, the for... yoga sutras say that yoga is not a religion and that right. Ishvara is your own concept of God, that each individual person has to come to that on their own. And it's not like, it's very clear about the sutras are very clear about it not being Hinduism. But one thing that's really interesting when I started to study Hinduism is that it actually is one God. 
And all those okay. other gods are a variation of that one God, kind of like oh, Father, God. Son, Holy Spirit, right? But, you know, like the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit is actually like the Holy Trinity is one God. Only this is like a hundred gods. This really just Brahmin. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I I feel like the, the eight limbs of yoga, I don't have any issue with that. I feel like it's a value system. It's a way to live. Um, that's, um, honoring the earth, honoring other people, honoring ourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no problem with it whatsoever. I do not. So there is though, like old yoga, like pre Hatha yoga Pradipika, like before the Hatha yoga Pradipika, there was like people were using yoga for black magic that did actually exist but that's been so like like literally thousands of years ago you know like it's just not what it is today and that's not what it evolved to you know yeah yeah i mean christianity had to start somewhere jesus was a jew you know yeah Yeah, absolutely (laughs) yeah i know and i and i feel like um I mean, we say namaste at the end of a class and that's honoring the divine in each of us. And for me, I feel like one of my divine gifts is teaching. I didn't just come up with this out of my own head. I think it's something I was given from God. And for me, if I don't use that, then I'm denying that gift from him, which I don't want to do. Yeah. And you're really good at teaching too. You're very, you're really very gifted at it. And you're uh, online offerings are incredible. Like what you've done online um, is just really, really wonderful. I know that some of your some of some of your work is in within my three hundred hour teacher training, and I know a lot of my students end up following you, um, and they take your classes in the training, and they really love them and really enjoy them. Um, particularly like my two hundred hour trainer trainees, they take um, your chakra journey. Uh, it's like a hybrid that you and I did together where like part yeah. of it I did and part of it you did and they take your asana class and every single week they'd be like Abby's class was so amazing I <laughs> loved it like whatever you did in the seventh chakra they're just like the seventh chakra it's just amazing they really love your classes so talk a little bit about your online school yeah, I, I started it. Um, so I've always wanted to have my own studio, but I just didn't know how to do it when I have to move and start over every three years, like I was saying. And, and then um, two things happened at once. COVID happened and my husband deployed. So I found myself um, sort of with nothing to do, except that I had to take, keep, you know, keep my kids busy in our house, basically. Um, and but all of my yoga studios closed down as a lot of places did. And I have, I worked in Oklahoma with um, private clients who were elderly. And so I didn't feel it comfortable to be around them and potentially expose them. And um, so I opened up yoga traveler online and um, that, that was a great answer for me for a couple reasons. It's online. It never closes. So you can do <laughs> yoga whenever you want. And in any time zone, I have people that I've reconnected with from Japan that I knew people that are in Korea right now, Germany and England. So they're mostly military spouses that I used to teach. And now they're living in other places and we do yoga together because 
you can do it whenever and it doesn't matter. And I don't have to be in the same room with them. So all of my yoga clients that are elderly that I taught in Oklahoma, I'm still teaching them because I cannot expose them. I cannot give them any kind of disease. We are away from each other. Um, right. I mean, you miss you miss the physical touch. Um, I used to do hands-on adjustments um, mm -hmm. when they felt comfortable. I would always ask. Right. For so that's very Ashtanga. Ashtanga yeah. is very touchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would always ask for consent. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't touch unless they were comfortable with it. But um, usually private clients kind of expect it a little bit because you're there just with them. And so right. they want to be um, manipulated a little bit for alignment purposes and and comfort too. Um, so I can't do that anymore, but, um, but we're still looking at each other. I can see them in my screen and I can make verbal adjustments and I just keep saying, okay, no, do this, no, do this, no, do this until we get to that correct alignment. And then I ask, how does it feel? You know, they give me feedback. Um, it's fine. And I don't feel like I miss the social aspect either because I'm still talking to them. <laughs> and so now I do 100% online. Um, I am now in North Dakota and I live in another remote place and I live far from the town. So teaching in my home is very convenient and, um, and I can just gather up people that I have known from all the places that I've moved and I do live classes. I do private sessions. I do pre-recorded um, packages for learning like the Ashtanga when I, you mentioned and the chakra journey for healing. Um, so I have all these different offerings that, that people can use to benefit their life the way that they need. That's really, so. really incredible. I'm really happy for you and your family. So if people want to take a class with you, what would be the best way to do that? Well, they, they could go to my website, which is um, www.yogatraveler.online. And right on the front page, it talks about um, the live classes that I offer and, um, and the, the packages that are for purchase. Once you purchase them, you have them forever. Or I have a hybrid kind of program, um, my pain management program. And you might think, well, I'm not really in a lot of pain, but usually there's an area of our body that we might want to focus on. Maybe it's your shoulders. Maybe you feel like you're, you know, at a computer all the day, or you're on your phone too much, or, <laughs> or your hips. You're starting to notice you're getting a little a less mobile in your hips. It's harder to sit on the floor for a time, or you have low back pain. So then we we target these specific areas. And you can do two things. You can either just like buy a package that, that is all about the back, how to lengthen the back, how to stretch it, how to strengthen it. And you just buy it and you have it forever. Or you can do a hybrid with me where we meet either once or twice a month and we focus. I look at you, we do things together to find, um, to make your body feel comfortable. And then I give you pre-recorded stuff to work on your own time. So that the idea is that you're doing yoga consistently and starting to see gains in your body. Um, so all of that's on my website. Uh, again, www.yogatraveler.online. 
And I'll put that below in the description as well so that it's easy Perfect. to um, contact you. And if you uh, want to connect with Abby, she is on Instagram. She's also on YouTube. And it, her handle is at Yoga Traveler Online. Thank you so much for joining us today, Abby. I really appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you, Angelica. And um, definitely hit the subscribe button and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends, anyone you think needs an uplifting message or might be considering becoming a yoga teacher. And if you would like to join me in Costa Rica, I will be hosting a Costa Rica retreat or mm. yoga teacher training, whatever <laughs> your choice. You can check that out in the description below. I'll see you all in the next podcast. Thank you again, Abby, for joining us. Thank you.